0: Welcome to Reservations. We are your host, I'm Rain Whalen. And some
1: people call me Maurice.
0: I didn't think that you were gonna keep up with that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a great song. It's a great band. Um, Steve Miller, I love you, buddy.
0: Yeah. Well, um, before we really jump into everything, I just wanted to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving because by the time this episode comes out, uh, it it'll will be, be almost Thanksgiving. It will be the day before Thanksgiving. That's so, right. Uh, we just hope, it, well, two days before Thanksgiving, but so we just hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving uh, and uh, hopefully doesn't get trampled on um, Gray Thursday slash Black Friday because, you know. <laughs> Gray um,
1: Thursday. I really like that. I don't think I've ever heard that before. You know,
0: the corporate overlords at, you know, America Inc. don't think that people who work in retail have families. So they're like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll stay open on Thanksgiving. Yeah, why uh, th- not? Those workers? Oh, fuck those guys. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but we hope everyone, you know, has a great Thanksgiving and, you know, have a very safe Black Friday. And then... Yeah. Uh, then Christmas is around the corner.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, Jesus, Mom and I are going to go Black Friday shopping uh, on Thursday. And are you going to come see me? I don't know. Maybe. Um, wait, please. but you'll be no Odessa though, right? You'll be no sleaze. You, well, yeah. Nah. nah obviously. Know. Nah. I oh, please, I need help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, if you guys have like a sale on vinyls or whatever, I'll go. But probably not, dude. Say them. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> Walmart is. Well, do they even have the good stuff? Yeah, dude. I just got um, Supernatural the other day. Uh, Santana on white vinyl over there, dude. Dude, It's sick, dude. And then, you know... Man, they got got good stuff over there, dude. (laughs) They got some good stuff. And they're going to be like 15 bucks each. Um, But, you know, I mean, whatever, dude. Anyway, um, (laughs) I am so excited to talk about the movie today. Yes,
0: as am I. Um, So, before we go, I said it off, Mike. But I concede... That I did go into this movie with low expectations. Mm-hmm. I uh, did not trust your judgment mm-hmm. when you said you wanted to talk about Even this. Even though you've
1: known me for... You know, I know. Okay. I know, but I was just like... For how many years? I mean, wait, come on, man. I
0: this is like, another, another movie that I've never heard of that Jeremy's going to make me watch. Are we
1: running on... Now, this might be true. Mm. Are we running on close to 13 years... Knowing each other, that's pretty much a big deal. Uh, We met freshman year. Um that was in 07. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And it's 2019.
1: No, twelve years in, almost thirteen.
0: Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Man. Crazy shit. But anyway, yeah, so so I was was very skeptical, and uh I'm so glad to be proven wrong because this movie was awesome. Yeah. Um, and I did what you said. I watched it twice. Good job. And the second time, I was like, okay, let's see if I yeah. can find everything now. Yeah. Um,
1: and it's still hard to find everything even the oh, second yeah, time. yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and so – and I also said this off mic. Besides Back to the Future, which is its own category, this is probably one of the best time travel movies I've ever seen. Yeah. And if you weren't listening last week, that is – we were talking about Predestination with Ethan Hawke, Noah Taylor – And that's the only two actors I knew from
1: this movie. Snook. Um, I I did not know Sarah. Okay. Okay. Um, She was great. She's great. She's also, right now, she's in the HBO show uh, Succession. So if you are watching Succession, watch that. uh, She's in that. Um, And, you know, I, I try my very best to, if I know someone really loves science fiction, really loves movies, or, you know, really likes really kind of weird, trippy stuff, I go, man, have you seen Predestination? Because no. <laughs> you're going to really dig this.
0: You know, most of the people I talked to today about it, because I, w- I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. So after I watched it the first time last night, I immediately wanted to talk about it. I wanted to talk, like, yeah. I almost called you, but when you didn't respond to my text, I was, was like, asleep. I had a feeling. Yeah. I was like, okay. He didn't respond to my text. He's uh-huh. probably asleep or busy. I don't know. Asleep. I don't know what you do.
1: Eh, yeah. Man, when really when, when old- I
0: let you leave the... Blanket for it. I don't know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I tried to call my mom and she was asleep. I was like, God damn it. So I called Ashley because she was with her grandparents and I could tell she really didn't care. So I'm like, oh my God, it was so good. And I was like, ah, she doesn't care. Yeah. Nah. I'm like, okay, well, I'll she see you when you get home. Um, and so when I was trying to talk to people at work today, most of them were like, no, I don't know what that is. Only one person was like, yeah, I've seen that. It's really good.
1: It really slid under the radar. And I think it's because, you know, it's the... Oh, man, I forgot to write it down. Um, I know it's an Australian how to, film. Well, how to pronounce their name. Uh, the brothers. Um, oh, the,
0: oh.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I just know they're twins. And they they did Daybreakers. Oh, that's right. You mentioned that last uh, Which, you know... I'm not crazy about it. There's no. a lot of things in it that I liked, but I wasn't crazy about it. And I think yeah. that they're just like, oh, it's the guys who did Daybreakers. <sighs> no thanks. And yeah. I just kept seeing things about it online and on you know, on Facebook because I, I, I'm i a nerd. And so I, I have a bunch of pages of film stuff. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, someone would be like, dude, Predestination, that's, that's the dopest thing ever. And this was a few years ago. And I was just like, okay, well maybe I really need to figure this out maybe I need to find it somewhere and as soon as I found it it was on Amazon Prime thank god (laughs) Um, I watched it and I was like what (laughs) what 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 and I'm not shocker not a big reader (laughs) Not because I don't know how. I mean, I don't, but I don't tell people that. You mean you're
0: not Nick Miller? The, you, you just never learned to read. You just memorize words.
1: Yeah, I just yeah, I just memorize words. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know how to read. Um, <laughs> but the the author of All You Zombies, which is the short story this is based on, uh, is Robert A. Heinlein. Hein. Heinlein, 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 anyway. Well,
0: um, I I didn't even know. I didn't even look Robert
1: Heinlein, that's what I'm going to do for my accent's sake. um, He wrote Stranger in a Strange Land and Starship Troopers and countless other things. He's up there with Isaac Asimov and Philip K. Dick and, you know, Mm -hmm. those science fiction writers who are the best in the world. Right. right? Um, And in this little short story that he wrote, there is so much information that is packed into this thing and uh, he uses a v- extremely fascinating time travel paradox theory that is the causal loop paradox. Okay. So before we get super into it, I'm going to try my very best. I'm going to try to give a synopsis of this movie so we can move on. Yeah. So here we go. Ethan Hawke mm-hmm. is a is a time traveling agent Um, and in the movie is tasked to stop what is known as the fizzle bomber Uh, he is a you know local terrorist that's also a time traveler that goes back in time and forward in time and changes the days because they try to stop him and he sets off these bombs and millions of people die Mm -hmm. so well thousands right Uh, in the book it's millions um well in the book it's you can save billions right um Anyway it doesn't matter so <laughs> because the fizzle bomber is not in the story yeah uh, this is something that's just for the movie but um, but now he his other job is to recruit others to join right mm-hmm. runs across this man in a bar um, and this gentleman has a very fascinating story mm-hmm. about oh, absolutely. growing up as a woman. Uh, as a girl into a woman trying to um, join this corporation that sends women up into space with the astronauts so that they aren't too lonely. That's, yeah. It's that's, that's, that's a unrude that's, that's, way. That's in the
0: story, too. Um, that's a very unrude way <laughs> <yeah>. of saying <laughs> what those women are there
1: for. Yeah, so... Um, and then, of course, um, it turns out this woman... Um, Doesn't make it into the organization. Has to go do odd jobs and being a mother's helper and things like that. Um, Meets this man. uh, Falls in love. Gets pregnant. He leaves. Mm -hmm. Um, Once she has the baby, the doctors notice, hey, you are a little different. You know, you have both male and female organs. 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 And since the pregnancy went so horribly... <laughs> um, Which the baby was fine, we should was baby's mention. fine. <clears throat> since the pregnancy was went so horribly wrong, um, we had to do a cesarean. And but, a hysterectomy. Right. They had to remove female organs, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Um, it, full hysterectomy. Um, and since you had the male... They were, I think it was like immature male organs.
0: They were able to create the uh,
1: male urinary tract. Right. And um, organize a setup that it will grow and mature into full male organs. Right. Right. Um, this, of course, is a shock because this is, I besides the time travel, this is the only sort of thing in the film that is sort of nonsense is doing this without her consent, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so... What was the 60s? They didn't,
0: uh, yeah. they didn't
1: need it. All they needed her to be like, uh-huh,
0: like, on the operating table.
1: Yeah. Like, do you want us to do this? Not the 60s in the book, by the way. The book was written in 59. Um but uh, anyway, okay. That doesn't... It couldn't matter any less. Um, so... She grows... She develops male you know, organs. She... Uh, takes testosterone. She is starting to become a man, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Since her surgery um, and the scar tissue, she cannot do manual labor. She cannot get a... She doesn't know a trade. She doesn't know how to drive a car uh, because growing up as a woman didn't do that, right? Right. Um, So... She ends up doing sort of odd jobs as this man um, and... Ends up writing confession stories for magazines. Mm-hmm. and Under a pseudonym, the unmarried mother. The unmarried mother. That is correct. And <clears throat> that's where we leave her now. Yes. Now, Ethan Hawke says, well, what if I can put that guy in front of you? you would know, you kill the, him? The guy who knocked you up. Would you, yeah, would you kill him? It ruined your life. Would you kill him? In a heartbeat, she says. He says. Now... They go back in time. Now, this is where it starts getting a little crazy. Now, it's already crazy. Yes. Right? You would argue this is insane already. Mm-hmm. But then, once we go back in time, we start to unravel this mystery of who she is and who this man is. Mm-hmm. The man that ruined her life is Jane. Oh, uh, we, we didn't Jane. mention their name. Oh, names. sorry. Her <laughs> name is Jane. So, sorry.
0: Yes. Yes the woman's name is Jane and when she becomes a man of course if you're listening
1: to this you've seen the movie at least I hope so
0: Um, when she becomes a man she changes her name to John
1: right in the book the name's not given oh so right because we need to have that mystery between the narrator and Jane right okay Um, we have to differentiate the two Um, so and that's super important so hang on so (laughs) so the the man who ruined Jane's life Turns out to be future Jane yes. as a man. Future John. John. Right. Uh, which is crazy. So now it's like, what? You know, the baby she had was with herself, right? Yes. Um
0: Which, um, you know, when, when I was watching it a second time, Ashley was watching it with me. Mm-hmm. And when it revealed that, she was like, and I said this off mic, but Ashley
1: was like, so she knocked herself up? Yes, and then of course what I said to that was that's a very crass way to put it. I mean, this is this is serious literature. But yes, um.
0: <laughs> but you know, and yeah, it is a little weird. But as I tried to explain to her, and I'm not going to ruin it for the listeners who haven't seen it, it had it had to be her, right? It had to be her to do that.
1: And of course, I'm about to ruin it because I'm going to give you the whole sum the whole well, yeah, no, synopsis. Well, yeah, but
0: but I, I wanted, I wanted. To not ruin it before you got oh, there.
1: Oh, I, I appreciate it. To, to still add more mystery, <laughs> right? Because I mean, we're not even halfway through oh. the craziest stuff yet. Because yeah, I know, you man. know, once we find out who Jane's lover was, yes, um, then we get to find out Jane's sort of origin, kind of because her her baby was stolen from the hospital. Yes, and that's why she didn't end up taking care of the baby because the baby was stolen.
0: Yes. And, yeah. It's like what, like a week or so after the baby is born. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was uh, yeah. Because she was still trying to get the hang of things and, you know, still having to recover from surgeries and she had multiples or whatever.
0: Yeah, and, and all the hospital told her is that an older man came in and the baby was gone.
1: Right. And he said, Well, there's no, no description and um John says, Well, he had a face shaped face like yours or mine uh which is a uh, great, great dialogue choice. Mm. So um So, the baby. Mm -hmm. The baby is end up being taken by Ethan Hawke. Yes. Ethan Hawke goes back in time, or goes forward in time, takes the baby, and then goes back in time and drops it off at the orphanage. Which is where we saw Jane's origin. Right. And so the baby is Jane.
0: So, you know, by that reveal, Jane not only uh, got herself pregnant, Mm -hmm. self-fertilization, as I read... But she's
1: technically also her own daughter.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: and we're going to get to the science in a second because it's it's really fascinating. So, yeah. um, once we find that out, we're like, what? Yeah. I was satisfied. I'm good. I don't need to know anything else.
0: As, and as I told you, like, at this point, I was like, okay, so now who is Ethan Hawke? Who's
1: Ethan Hawke? Well, uh, Jane ends up being recruited um, to this organization as a man this time, of course. Uh, Mm -hmm. We are, you know, all the way Um, into – 1985. Right. And Ethan Hawke takes her to 1985 – well, him to 1985 and recruits her. We're good to go, right? Mm -hmm. And so as she's trying to stop the fizzle bomber, right, because this is now her task, Um, an accident occurs and uh, she is very, very badly burned. Um, Horrible face – burns right Mm -hmm. so she has to have facial reconstruction and they have to you know she has to do some rehab and whatever and when they take off the bandages of course it's Ethan (sighs) Hawke so Ethan Hawke is Jane (sighs) so I know so good so Ethan Hawke is the is the last iteration of Jane so we have baby Jane we have Um, woman woman Jane. Jane we have Man Jane, and then we have Ethan, Ethan Hawke Hawk. Jane. Jane. Now, this is completely brilliant, right? And mm. then of course, there's some Fizzle Bomber stuff in there, but it's less important because really mm. the big reveal at the very end <laughs> is that. Bless you. Is, sorry, that was the dog's music. Is that?
0: <laughs> we apologize if anyone heard that, but yeah.
1: Um, is that Jane is Ethan Hawke, and Ethan Hawk is Jane. Mm-hmm. And they're stuck in this, what is known in, in the science, theoretical, whatever, is a causal loop paradox. Yeah, where what will happen will always happen. And it doesn't have a discernible origin. So mm-hmm. let me give you an example, because I know it's it's a lot of information to get all of the, you know, with with people it's hard, right? Yeah. So let me give you an example, because it can be done with a person, an object, or information, Okay. So let me give you an information one. Let's say you were, you now are in the possession of a time machine. Congratulations, Rain. Oh, pfft. Bro. And let's say we're gonna go kill Hitler. It, well, <laughs> now uh, remember, this is information. Yes. So let's say you took the time to learn the theory of relativity. Okay. Okay. You go back in time to a young Albert Einstein and you teach him the theory of relativity. Okay? Okay. He then, you and you vanish, right? You go back to your own time. So now he is, he has this information, he writes it down, he publishes it in papers and books and things like that, claims the idea is his own, and the rest is history, right? Okay. Now, flash forward to your birth, okay? (laughs) You are now born. You grow up. You learn about the theory of relativity in school. You grow up you have the possession of the time machine. You go back in time and you tell Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein didn't come up with theory of relativity in this scenario, but neither did you. So where did it come from? Right.
0: So it kind of reminds me of the, um, <clears throat> I think I mentioned it in our Back to the Future episode. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the bootstrap paradox. This is the bootstrap paradox. Oh, okay. it is,
1: what is, okay. Yes, this is the bootstrap paradox. And I know you're going to mention Doctor Who and I really don't want you to, but here we go. <laughs> Because in all the stuff I was reading, they give this story as an example. Mm-hmm. They give that Albert Einstein as an example, the eight ball as an example, and of course, the Doctor Who episode as an example. Well,
0: yeah. So, 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 so the episode's a two parter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, welcome back to the Doctor Who podcast. I think you would quit. Mm-hmm. I would leave. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would. You would hear me take my headphones off and walk out the door. Um. The the episode mm. is, is a two-part. It's a really good episode. Um, they got Corey Taylor of Slipknot to be in it. Mm, interesting. Uh, but he only does growls ah. for a character called the Fisher King. Anyway. Um, well, in part two, mm. I believe, the doctor, uh, Peter Capaldi's doctor, uh, is speaking directly to camera. And he's talking about the bootstrap paradox. Mm. And he's like, let's say there's this young, handsome time traveler. He's talking about about himself. And he's like, and he loves the music of Mozart. And so he has all the original compositions of Mozart. And he arrives in Germany when Mozart's supposed to be there, but no one's heard of Mozart. And no one knows who this Mozart is. Mm -hmm. And the young time traveler is shocked because what is the world without Mozart's music? Mm -hmm. And so he, with the original compositions, has them publish this, and he
1: becomes Mozart. He has and always has been But then, where did the original compositions come from? Right. And so, I was reading a similar thing with Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. Um, You go back in time with Shakespeare's complete works. Uh, You go back in time when he was supposed to be around. No one's heard of Shakespeare. You publish them. You are and always have been William Shakespeare. Which, I mean, which is so fascinating. Because, I mean, I just, I love time travel paradoxes. You know, this is one of my favorite ones. I know there's like the grandfather paradox. And and
0: sidebar, by that theory, uh, you know... Because that would make sense why Shakespeare technically never wrote anything.
1: Right. <laughs> you did, right? In that ah, scenario. Yeah. So it's it's so fascinating. And the only problem I had while doing my research on this causal loop or bootstrap paradox mm-hmm. is the name bootstrap paradox. Yeah. So um, it, it comes from the saying to uh, to hurl yourself over a fence by your own bootstraps. So by pulling your bootstraps... You, you would propel yourself over the fence. Okay, It's like blowing your own sail, right? Uh, okay. It's impossible. You can't right. do that. It's like in a cartoon where they lift up their shirts and it lifts them up out of the muck or whatever they're in. Mm, you, you can't do that.
0: Like the episode of SpongeBob where Patrick beats himself up? Yes. And he's...
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Every action has an equal to opposite reaction. You can't right. do that. Right? And I, I don't understand how that... I mean, because, you know, all this is new to me. I don't know how that translates to the causal loop paradox mm-hmm. um, I guess the the energy and the thrust has no origin I guess maybe I don't know right um, but so anyway so that's the that's the science of this story where mm-hmm. he's using the causal loop paradox he also wrote a book called By by His Bootstraps where this uh, this character has a time machine and runs into all of these different Time travel paradoxes throughout the book, right throughout oh, the era. Okay. It's super hard to find. I couldn't find a copy of it, and the copy I did find was like five hundred dollars. <laughs> so uh, I was like, you, mean, oh, "You didn't fork that over, no, nah, dude?" Because like I was trying to find an Audible, and <laughs> they don't have it on Audible. <laughs> the only Heck, the only copies five hundred dollars. The only bootstrap they had was this one. Um, was the only example of this causal loop paradox in story form by Robert A. Heinlein? Was this one. Mm-hmm. I'll use zombies. Now, like,
0: so we haven't mentioned the ending yet, which I'm glad we haven't yet because I have things I want to say about the ending. Okay. Uh, but before we get there, man, like, I just, I love time travel movies. Mm-hmm. I love it when you can really see the dots connecting. Yeah. Especially one like this, you know, because the movie begins with. Jane or John when she has the accident or he has the accident and his face is horribly burned yes, and he's reaching for his temporal device Mm -hmm. the time machine which I love that it's a violent case you know being being an orchestra nerd I love that it's a violent case uh, in the book it's a briefcase but yeah Um, and so he's reaching for it trying to get out and you see someone walk up and slide it to him Mm -hmm. to help him so you would assume because he just had a shootout okay it's Whoever he was shooting at, maybe trying to help him. Yeah, and then it's revealed that it's Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke was there. Yeah, and and just like ah, yeah, it was
1: so good, man. I know. You know this this movie is so surprising mm-hmm. of how good it is and how brilliant mm-hmm. the the time travel is being used, and because the source material is also equally as brilliant. The the ending of the book is a lot at least i think it's a lot sadder or uh, Mm -hmm. you know more you know existential i guess um because in in the in the story you have him laying in bed saying you know you're not really there are you it's just me jane sitting alone in the dark you Mm -hmm. know wow Um, yeah that is and then he says i miss you dreadfully Mm -hmm. um you know she's the love of his life right no, uh, which is so fascinating, and it's so, you know, it gives me chills every time I listen to it. I listen to it all the time because it's so short and it's so dense and powerful, and especially with the, those last lines of dialogue. No, you know, because he's right. You know, those people aren't really out there because those people are him.
0: He's yeah. there. You know, and I, I kind of perceive it as a, you know, maybe I'm looking too much into it, but, um. It's almost like a form of self-reflection, mm. loving yourself, you know. Because he is his own love of his life.
1: Yeah. Um, and you know, it's and of course it ends with the same line that I miss you dreadfully, right? Mm-hmm. Uh in both the the story and in the movie. And it's I mean, that that hits me. It's really sad because, you know, the only people he's ever loved or ever known was himself. Is him. Right? <sighs> ah. I know. It's so brilliant i love it so much now the movie elongates the the sort of process of jane trying to get into that space organization right space core yeah it's just a few lines of dialogue (laughs) which is (laughs) which which, is i mean almost every line of dialogue is in the movie yeah
0: Um, yeah i was watching some of the special features and the the brothers who directed it were like yeah we've tried to stay very true to the book yeah and they did a great job um So when I was talking to people about the movie and I was saying that it's probably one of the best time travel movies I've seen, Mm -hmm. a couple of people jokingly were like, oh, well, what about Endgame? And like, yeah, like the time travel of Endgame is cool and all. But I like when it's a specifically time travel movie, I love mystery and I love, you know, like, again, the beginning, Ethan Hawke was there. Yeah. We saw him there. Yeah and you know in game the the you know you know they tried to make the time travel more realistic with you know quantum theory but even then they broke their own rules mm-hmm. with that of course i can't give an example right now because nothing's coming to mind but <laughs> i know like they broke their own rule they broke their own time travel rules that they established in their movie mm-hmm. so in my opinion predestination takes that over because their time travel makes sense of what's
1: I mean, right. I mean, it, as far as it could, yeah, right, exactly. Um, because they're not going to explain, because they can't, where Jane come from. Yes, there is no original Jane, right? Mm-hmm. Jane has to exist because Jane has to create Jane. Yes, and you know, so and, right, and you know that's crazy, right?
0: Yeah, and the most we get is in that scene when he's about to. Kidnap himself, basically, mm-hmm. baby Jane. And, you know, Noah Taylor's telling him, like, only you can do this. You mm-hmm. know, you're free from ancestry, free from mm-hmm. essentially time because he's a paradox.
1: Mm-hmm. He shouldn't exist, and that's why he can do this. Right which is you know I know it hurts your head a little bit yeah. which is which is so much fun because it means they they really just went all in
0: you know and that, that was something i loved about the movie is the the level of storytelling mm. you know the the action i was kind of it was kind of yeah. back and forth on the like the action right. like the actual fight scenes oh uh, man i didn't even pay attention to those. yeah <laughs> but you know right. but you know the storytelling um, you know when John is telling her, you know, his story of how he was Jane and then how he became John Mm -hmm. was so interesting. And to be honest, for a while I thought that was going to be the whole movie, but it was so... So did I. It was so intricate. I was like, I would be okay with this. When I
1: first started the... When I saw it the first time, I was Mm -hmm. like, you know, the same thing. I thought it was just going to be them sitting at the bar and this person telling this incredible story. Mm -hmm. And I was like, great. I'm I'm in. You know?
0: You know, and the other thing too is... When you when you handed me your copy to borrow, I'm looking at the cover, you know, and it says the tagline like to ch- to to change his future he must protect his past,
1: which I don't like. I don't like taglines, generally. Yeah,
0: and but to me that you know it threw me off because I was like, okay, I thought I was going into I have a time traveler who is having to stop someone who ruined an event in his life, mm-hmm. which is. Kind of true. Kind of true. But I figured it'd be Ethan Hawk just jumping yeah. and following this guy mm-hmm. and, and then trying to backtrack through time yeah. to maybe figure out where he messed up. Which again sort of happens. But I, again, I was so glad to be proven wrong right. that this, that wasn't. This was much like, better. Oh, absolutely. Um, so would you like to talk about the
1: ending? Uh, sure. So <gasps> obviously the ending in the movie is a little different. <sighs> um. So in the, in the book, it has to – obviously, it can't give you visual clues. Right. Who Ethan Hawke is. Right. Right. And so in in the book, it talks about, you know, he grabbed the bottle of old underwear because he won it. And you're like, wait a minute. No, he didn't. Jane did. And he goes, wait a minute. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, my God. And then he goes, you know, a cesarean leaves a really bad scar. But, you know, I'm so hairy now. I can barely see it unless I'm looking for it. I go, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. But wait a minute. But Jane, you know, and um and then that's when he's, you know, I know where I come from, but where did all you zombies come from? Mm-hmm. And then he thinks about, you know, you're not really there at all. It's just me, Jane, sitting here in the dark. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, wow. Ethan Hawk is, you know and, and the ending in this one is sort of a little more confusing because you add in the fizzle bomber stuff. And I still don't understand that part of it. I do. Like, is he still going to become the fizzle bomber?
0: It it has to happen. Right. So, okay. So how the movie ends is kind of like what you're saying, is, you know, Ethan Hawke has recruited John Mm -hmm. to take his place, which is how it was always going to happen and how it will always happen. Um, And I love that he had been, you know, recording for her. Well, for him, essentially. And I love that. I was like, ah. Because, you know, you think he's just doing it for his own collection or something like that, but it's for her. It's for him. Yeah. For him. Well, yeah. And so he retires in 1975, right be- two months before the Fizzle Bomber's biggest attack. Mm-hmm. And he buys a typewriter. You know, and that's in the movie when they reveal that he's Jane.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, you know, he's saying like, oh, you know, I write... Confession stories.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and he's kind of thinking about all the paperwork that Robertson gave him about, you know, track the track the order. And then he tracks the fizzle bomber to a laundromat, and it's – he's the fizzle bomber. And it's Ethan Hawke. Yeah. It's a distant version of himself who, um, from time traveling so much, has developed psychosis and dementia and believes that if he were to destroy – these really terrible events in history, he will save more lives. Right. And, you know, and I love the line he asks him, like, well, did you count the civilian lives? Because, like, he's like, yeah, you know, I saved, you know, 3,000 people because I blew up this building because the terrorists couldn't get in. Right. Um, and, then, you know, and then the fizzle bomber tells him... You know, this is this is always going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know, you're disappointed. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and which I was like, ah um, but then he says, you know, if you want to break the chain, be with me. Yeah. You know, learn to love me again. Which that's when I was like, Wait. What? Yeah. Cause that's cause I still hadn't fully picked up on the, the typewriter. Because yeah. I hadn't shown his scars yet. Right. So I'm like, Wait,
1: but Right, yeah, right. it's, yeah, a lot of this dialogue stuff, and uh, we'll talk about some Easter eggs here in a second. Um,
0: but then, you know, but then Ethan Hawke the whole time is, like, I'm never going to become you. Right. And, you know, and Fizzle is pretty much telling him, like, you will if you kill me. Yeah. Don't kill me, and the cycle will be broken. Yeah. But because, and he does, he obviously kills him. Yeah. Um, but because, and He knew he was going to because, in that point in time, that version of John was still very righteous. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop you no matter what the cost. That's right. But because it's a paradox, he will then become him.
1: I really liked the that they gave because it's not in the it's not in the story the psychological effects of of time travel of, of you know prolonged. Use of time travel, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I really liked that, and so that that gave sort of that gave sort of a purpose for the Fizzle Bomber, right? Mm-hmm. That he would become because of these psychological damages, yeah. you know, with the you know dementia and the psychosis, and so I really um, like that. But yeah, so 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 like you said, you still don't understand that, but well, like, I mean, I just you know because they had to add it. Right. You know,
0: but because the paradox has to continue. And I guess I do
1: understand it I because just, you,
0: know. you know, you you kill an evil version of yourself, mm-hmm. and then you take that place. The paradox, because right. ha- time, you know, I I use um, what is it? I can't remember what, but the time will repair itself. Mm-hmm. You know, these anachronisms. Uh, which I love that term so much. Anachronisms. Anachronisms, <laughs> because you know there are these subtle things that are out of place mm-hmm. in a certain specific time period. I'm going to use Doctor Who again as a reference. Oh boy! But there's a there's another two part episode in the same season where he explains the bootstrap paradox at the beginning of the season where he's running from something, and so he's hanging out in, um, you know, like 15th century london you know in the medieval times and one of the characters is like you know we got to be on the lookout for anachronisms i know the doctor anachronisms will be everywhere and they're like well what's anachronisms like oh you know these subtle changes in history and all of a sudden they hear an electric guitar mm-hmm. and then the doctor comes riding in on a fucking tank and they're like anachronisms <laughs> and then he like establishes, it like he introduces the word dude mm. in 15th century london like It just... but Anyway, I love anachronisms. Um, But yeah, he was always going to become the Fizzle Bomber. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned off mic, you know, because in that interaction between Ethan Hawke and the Fizzle Bomber, he says, you know, Robertson set all this up. Mm -hmm. He, You know, we're just puppets. We're watching the dominoes fall. Yeah. And, you know, after you've explained it, you know, that, you know, Jane has no origin, that would make sense why Robertson didn't know. But at the same time... I think he, I think they knew this is how they had to continue the paradox. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, because, you know, Robertson's not even mentioned in in the story. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, it is really just focused on Jane's circle, Mm -hmm. right? The cycle.
0: Yeah, because, you know, if, you know, if he, if, if John is one of 11 temporal agents Mm -hmm. and they have to do this, this is their final mission is to create themselves. Yeah. Then that would mean that Robertson knew, like, okay, we have to continue the paradox. So every time they retire, they don't set their temporal machines to actually fully decommission.
1: Or maybe just in Ethan Hawke's case, because he has to become the fizzle bomber. Yeah. Right? It could be that the other ones do get to retire, right? Just he doesn't, because he ends up being the fizzle bomber and sets off blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You're so good, man! Um, I know, I it's it's brilliant. Cause so because then, cause then yeah. you
0: see him at the in the very end when they finally, when they and I know you hate it when they pretty much spoon feed you like yeah Ethan Hawk is well, Jane.
1: It, it, I didn't hate it this time because they needed to and they do it quick.
0: Yeah, it's bam bam, bam yeah, baby Jane teenage Jane Jane John Ethan Hawk. yeah bam 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 bam. But you know you see him in the apartment looking at the temporal. Uh, Device and he, it's his voiceover on the recording, mm-hmm. and you can tell he's like, Should I do it? Yeah. Should I do it? And then the the line, I miss you dreadfully, and then mm. bam,
1: boom, done. Oh, so good. Um, so good. Yeah, it, it's so great. So, right now, I want to talk about some things you might have missed.
0: Oh, and I'm sure I missed a lot.
1: Subtle, subtle things that say, uh, John and Ethan Hawk are the same person. So, wait,
0: a re-Buzzfeed
1: are article now? Yeah. <laughs> 25 so, things that'll make you shit your pants. <laughs> it's not going to be that many things. So, when uh, when John is at the bar and he's trying to light a cigarette, um, Ethan Hawk pulls his lighter out and lights his cigarette. And it's the same lighter. Right? Ah. Uh, which is kind of fun, right? Um the song, I Am My Own Grandpa, is is yeah. kind of fun. Because
0: then he even sings it yeah. as they're going down the stairs. Yeah, because
1: in, in the... St- I keep mentioning the story because I love it so much. But uh, in the story, uh, a customer just flips it on, on the jukebox. And the reason that all of these songs are on the jukebox is because Ethan Hawke hates the music in 1970. <laughs> and so um, he, he put the really old songs into the jukebox. <laughs> mm-hmm. And... Um, customer flips it on and his the assistant bartender's like oh my god shut it off <laughs> you know and in the in the story he, yeah he's, oh, not, okay. he's like let him play it you know uh anyway so and one of my favorite little lines is a face shaped face like yours or mine because mm-hmm. it, it is right it is their face yeah. right? well
0: and see and, you know and ashley kind of picked up on that cuz um when um when we're when we're kind of getting the, the, the in the in the moment for John, but then the the flashback for Jane mm-hmm. when they're having coffee together, Ashley was like, well, wouldn't like Jane know in that moment that this guy kind of looks like her? I'm like, but if you remember when she's telling this, well, when he is telling the story to Ethan Hawke, he says, "Funny, every time I looked at my new appearance, I was reminded of him." Right, and it's like.
1: ah yeah. Of
0: course you were.
1: And that was another one, right? Yeah. Uh, I didn't write that one down, but... Um, oh, good. I'm glad I remembered it. Yeah. The... Uh, his bartender joke, what came first, the chicken or the egg? The rooster. The rooster. Ah. But... Yeah. Ah. But, you know, and then he even says, you know, you ever you ever wonder about that? What came first, chicken or the egg? You know? Uh, you know? Mm. Where'd he come from? Right? Exactly. Um, the... Now, this one's kind of subtle, but... Um, the, the bathroom signs. So if he, if Ethan Hawke is sitting behind the bar every once in a while above his head will say gentlemen or it will say ladies. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, it's, he's both. Right. Uh, and so, okay. yeah, that's just every once in a while that'll happen. And, um, she, she calls him a son of a bitch and he goes, son. Of a bitch. that's funny. No. Um, because you know
0: yeah cuz he yeah he's his own parent
1: yeah and that, again it's a mild mother wouldn't recognize me mm-hmm. ha 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 well and yeah. um sidebar
0: to take a kind of just a quick sidebar from from the things I might have missed i just you know i love that you know you you're, you're going to hate me by the end of this maybe Again, it's it's like a it's like a Doctor Who situation. Man, you are testing my patience. <laughs> today. <laughs> that you know that William Hartnell, who played the very first Doctor, who was getting older and he couldn't continue the show. They didn't just write him off. They came up with a brilliant idea of like, okay, what if the Doctor changes his face? The way they can bring in a new actor to take to do his part. And I just I loved that Ethan Hawke and Sarah Shook? S- uh, Snook. Snook. They're playing the same character, but at different points in time Mm -hmm. and from what they think the character should be like and that. And it's just, oh, like from a technical standpoint, that was so
1: good. Every time I see Sarah Snook in anything, I go, man, they killed it because, you know, she looks like a woman. I mean, it is, you know, there's it's not like they picked an actress who uh, kind of has male features or whatever. She doesn't. You know? Mm. And so every time I see her in another movie, I go, man, they did a really good job in predestination because you know, she I mean it's yeah, I, I close to, to a man as you think. F-
0: even though you told me not you did tell me not to look anything up, but I had to look that up. I'm like, okay, is she she really a woman or is she a man? Yeah. And and I was like, oh, she really she really is a woman. She's and a woman. I will have to say the the subtle And an attractive woman at that. Mm-hmm. I yeah, the it. subtle prosthetics that they put on and I, and I love that that they didn't try to hide her mm-hmm. in prosthetics but they did have to you know widen her brow and mm-hmm. give her more male features and um, and I do really love the camera shot where she looks at herself for the first time mm-hmm. after the surgeries yeah I was like that's a really good camera trickery yeah. you know to really sell the fact that she is now a man yeah um, so dude again from a technical standpoint th- the movie was so fucking
1: good I know <sighs> anyway, I know. Back so, to back
0: to the things we missed. Uh, well, the last I missed.
1: The Last Thing. Okay. Um uh, is and I don't I don't remember if they mention it in the movie or not. Um but he has it on in the uh in the story. His ring. So uh, I think they do because I think you see it. Uh his his ring is Euroboros. Uh, the snake eating its own tail ah. forever and ever.
0: Well, right? he says the line, you know, when he's about to take baby Jane himself, and he tells Noah Taylor, like, the snake eating its tail forever and ever. Yeah.
1: Um, and so in the story, he wears it on his uh, wedding finger, and she goes, well, you're married. He goes, no, I'm not. I just use it to keep the uh, keep the ladies away, you know. But And then they describe that it's Euriboros, mm-hmm. right? It's the serpent eating its own tail.
0: You know, and... There's there's something else I noticed on the second rewatch. <clears throat> it's when, you know, John first comes into the bar and Ethan Hawk knows who it is, and you know, he's just trying to make conversation to start to start everything. And I don't say this and I and I don't mean this in a derogatory term, I'm quoting the movie. Is you know, she go she goes, What are you, a faggot? And you know and he's like, Hey, watch it with that. Yeah, You know, because, but it's kind of like, I mean, not it, really. It's
1: really interesting because, I mean, there's not a word for what he is. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, it's not traditionally heterosexual or homosexual. It's, you know, and it's not technically incest either because, you know, I mean, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, yeah. Cause, his, yeah. Because,
0: you know, because I did ask Ashley, I was like, you know, is this common for, for some females to be born with both male and female organs she's like well I mean it's not super common but it has happened
1: yeah I mean and that's that's uh, I thought it was so brilliant the way that uh, Heinlein used that to create this really interesting causal loop paradox instead of just the you know the information or the object Mm -hmm. right well and
0: you know and it makes sense that you know, Jane was born like that because it was self fertilization, so mm-hmm. it's the same DNA, and it doesn't know what to do. It just knows. Now,
1: that I don't know how that, obviously, because it could never happen. I would but, assume. You I know, mean, I don't
0: have, uh, you know. I'm that, not a scientist or a magician. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not Wizzo the wizard over here.
1: <laughs> so, um, do you want another example? I do want to know. Because I, I love these examples. Okay. So, you, I'm going to use you because okay, you're in front great. of me. You are um, sitting at your house. There's a knock at the door. You open the door. There's a package. Okay. You open the package. It is a book that tells you how to build a time machine. Okay. Okay. You think it's silly, but you try it. Ten years go by, you finally get it right and it works. But you think, but well, you know, you still have no idea where it came from, right? You then think about it. You hop in the time machine. You go back in time, and you lay this book at your doorstep. But then where did the book where come from? Where did the from? book come from? Ah, that's so good. <laughs> I love that shit, dude. I know. Ah. These, these un, you can't determine origins mm-hmm. with these objects, these people, or this information. Um, it's really interesting, you know? I, I It's fascinating. You know, to think about. again... <sighs>
0: So I'm I'm just gonna kind of gush a little bit here, okay? Nah. So I love time travel movies, mm-hmm. and I love them when there is mystery and there's, you know, again I'm gonna I already said it a second time. I'm gonna say it a third time. The beginning mo- part of the movie is brilliant because he, he, he was there. <laughs> he said Hulk was there, and I just and I love it so much. You know, like I I've seen the time machine. I've never seen the original. I've seen the one with uh, Guy Pearce. Guy Pierce, Pierce yeah. Um,
1: which is... It's not a bad movie. Um, no, I do like that... Instead of traveling through space and time, it's just time. Mm-hmm. it just remains in the same spot. Yeah, that I like. That I like that too. But it, <sighs> and we talked about a lot of this in the Back to the Future because I remember mentioning the bootstrap paradox in the Back to the Future mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, and so. I remember
0: bringing up that same episode, and you're like, "Ugh, Ugh Doctor but, <laughs> but like, but like, there was nothing to really figure out because you know, in that version of time travel, again, time repaired itself
1: because
0: mm-hmm. you know. The first 30 minutes of the movie is him trying to save his fiancée. Right. But every time he saved her, she would die again. Right. Because time was repairing itself. She had to die. And that kind of time travel I also like mm-hmm. because, you know, time is relative and time will always flow. I think you would enjoy 11-22-63. Oh, I started it. I've yeah. never fi- I have never never finished
1: it. Uh, the book? Have you been like listening to it? Well, uh, no, just the, the Hulu series. The Hulu series is fine. It's good. But it's not the book. The book uh, always mentions that the past is obdurate, mm. meaning it does not want to be changed. And so when he tries to fix something, horrible, horrible obstacles try to stop him. Mm. But you can overcome those obstacles. In the book, you can overcome the obstacles and still change it. It just it takes a lot of work. Oh yeah, because um, the past does not want to be changed.
0: You know, and then again with, you know, with in game, I love how they did that is that, you know, you know, you when you travel to the past, your f- present becomes
1: uh, is your past.
0: <laughs> you know, that was a little confusing, but then you know, I got it the second time I it watched it. It is a little Endgame.
1: confusing and they are using the no, They are using quantum theory. Yeah, they're for using that. the theory that um, you can't it's not the Back to the Future 2 way. You can't go back and change something and change your future. Right. right. Um, It's Back to the Future is a bunch of bullshit? Yeah. (laughs) To them, it's a bunch of bullshit. I don't know. To me, that was an interesting way to look at it because I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. Um, I don't spend a lot of my time reading about theoretical time travel, but maybe I'll start. (laughs) Um, Maybe, but it just... So the point I'm making is just like... Like,
0: I just... I love it when... Um when time travel movies have have the element of mystery that you have to figure out. Hmm. So again, like I know we were talking about it uh previously, but Men in Black 3. <laughs>
1: oh shit. <laughs> See now I thought I was gonna be upset <laughs> about the Doctor Who stuff, but now I'm really upset that you bring up <laughs> Men in Black 3? Okay, because in Doctor Who, you know,
0: he's a time lord. He doesn't He knows not to fuck with time because – so there's rarely ever any mystery to figure out Mm -hmm. because he typically lands in one specific place um, and doesn't really do much to change that because he travels through time and space. I'm listening for now. Anyway, so (laughs) Minibike 3. Oh, shit.
1: (laughs) Every time you say it, I get
0: more upset. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um okay. The only reason I bring it up is just because, you know, how they present time travel, you know, and when, you know, Will Smith this is the only thing I really remember about the movie is when Will Smith is craving chocolate milk and the guy's like, You were there and he's like, What do you mean I was there? He's like, You you were there when it happened, like when all this happened and then you see it it just uh, see that that was the only part of the movie I liked. Okay. The rest of the movie is terrible because yeah. the movie's terrible. Yeah, I mean <laughs> It, it was it was like a it was like an X Men Apocalypse situation. Jermaine Clement as the villain was great. Jermaine Germaine is, is so funny.
1: I barely remember. He was Boris the animal. X Men Apocalypse.
0: Yeah, because I saw it's, it once. It's a very forgetful movie. Yeah, and God bless uh, Oscar Isaac for trying. So
1: can I just say uh, to my buddy Zach, who I know is listening? Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> I am so sorry about all of these movies he's bringing up because he did mention to me once. He goes, God, Rain's love for terrible mainstream movies is hilarious. And I was like, it is really funny. And then now you're you're proving his point, which is so funny. No, I mean,
0: I agree. Whatever. I didn't like Men in Black 3. No, I never said I enjoyed it. I just said the, the 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 time travel parts I enjoyed because
1: which I understand
0: it was interesting. I, you know, in the other t- another time travel movie of how they present time travel, that I enjoyed was Days of Future Past. That it wasn't necessarily time travel as they were sending Logan's consciousness back to his younger body. Yeah, which was interesting. I did like that. Um, but no, but see, like, but so how does, how predestination did it is everything I want out of a time travel movie mm-hmm. is there's this mystery to solve. You know, we're, we're seeing from from the time Jane is burned, we're seeing her new present play out through Ethan Hawke's eyes. Right. Right. And, and then we get to go back and solve the mystery of how she got there mm-hmm. or how Ethan Hawke got there. And, you know, just... It was <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, I don't think you're going to get your copy back unless I can find one.
1: Oh, you can go to Not Hastings and get one. Um, <sighs> Dude. that's so where our, it's, and I have to have it because mom wants to borrow it for next week. <laughs> so um, good. Man. And that's what I did. I, I saw it on Amazon Prime the following week I bought it because I was like, it's not always going to be on Amazon Prime and yeah. I need to watch this thing a hundred times.
0: Yeah, I told Ashley after the second time, I was like, I really want to read the book. And like, and I have a bad habit of um, wanting to read books and not finishing them. Mm-hmm. And it's not oh, because this one's easy. it's a Oh yeah, I know. That's why I have a couple. That's why I have The Shining on Audible
1: because I really want to. I really want to read it. Oh, but Campbell Scott, I love Campbell Scott. He reads it to you. Yeah, I know. Uh, my uh, mom is in love with Campbell Scott. Campbell Scott. Um, my mom loves you. Uh, will you, uh, send her like a video of you saying hello or something? Uh, that would, that'd make her day.
0: Um, but you know, but since this is a short story, I know I, if I were to find it, I could probably read it and get it done. You know, I'm still technically reading it. Even yeah, my, though,
1: my buddy Shep grinning at work, uh, we talk movies every morning. Mm-hmm. I go by his office and, um, He was telling me, you know, he absolutely loves science fiction. Mm -hmm. And when I was telling him we were doing this, um, because he always asks, what are you guys doing on the podcast this week? I was like, all right, man, we're doing Predestination. Uh, You know, and I was like, oh, you know, it's uh, written by Robert A. He goes, Island? I was like, yeah. He goes, no way. What's the story? And I was like, all you zombies go, I don't know that one. And so um, he said that today he was going to get it from the library and read it. And so then we're going to talk about it on Monday. Nice. Because I know how much he loves time travel and science fiction. So...
0: In in your opinion, since you've listened to the book, mm-hmm. have you listened
1: to it or have you read it? Listened, because well, um, okay. well, I, mean, I technically it's the same well, thing. it's really not. But <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm ta- you're listening. I'm, you're, you're reading with your ears three times this week. I've listened to it. Yeah, yeah. no. W- w- at would, least would you say that they really did stick yes. to the story? Yes. The only thing they added was the fizzle bomber stuff, but the the fizzle war, quote unquote, is in the story. But it's given like two lines of dialogue. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Right, and they just extended um, Jane's story in the orphanage, okay, and Jane's, you know, Space Corp stuff, stuff. Okay, that's it, and everything else is perfect. So, 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 like you mentioned
0: a second ago, so the most of the dialogue that they actually say to each other. I think
1: everything in the book is in the movie. It's just they had to elongate some things. Right. Because um,
0: didn't yeah. you say for the audiobook of just that story is only like 30 minutes? Yeah, it's only 30 minutes. It doesn't take long at all.
1: And yeah. you it feels less than 30 minutes. And I'll, we listen
0: well, and to I'll it. be real, when I put it on... When I put the movie on, again, I was still very, like... Jeremy's the
1: worst. He always makes me watch these (laughs) stupid movies. And I was
0: like, like, it's probably going to be a two-hour-long movie. I don't know how I'm going to watch it twice. And I looked at the time. I was like, oh, it's only an hour and 37 minutes? Like, well... Okay, and then when it was over, I was like, I need more. Yeah. I
1: need more. Uh, Roger um, Ebert has a great, great, great. A great, great. quote. <laughs> a, a great quote. Um, no good movie is ever long enough, and no bad movie is ever short enough. Okay. So, um, I know. You you want these movies to be longer. and um, Yeah. Because oh, you just want to stay with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so every time... Um, the, the story ends when I'm listening to it and he just says, I miss you dreadfully. I turn it off because I don't want to hear the next story. I want to sit with it. No. Right, let me sit for a minute because I love it. I love everything about it. Um, oh, shit. Oh, so I was watching some of the special features and... Was there commentary, by the way, on yours? Because when I... When I gave you the copy to borrow, I was like, "Oh shit, I need to watch." it. So I bought it on iTunes, mm. and there's no commentary track on iTunes. Mm. So I was gonna ask. I you
0: didn't. If. I didn't check because okay. after the second viewing, Ashley was like, "It's one in the morning. We need to go to bed."
1: I was like, "I was yeah. like, yeah, cool. You can go." I was like, "Yeah, you're probably right." <laughs> also, I'm not married, so I probably you probably can't do that.
0: Well, and I had to be up for work by uh, nine. So oh shit. If <clears throat> um, you but so I was but I did want to watch some of the special features before we went to bed. And one of them, Ethan Hawke, is talking and he's like, like, it's it's based on a short story called All You Zombies, which, you know, you would assume is about zombies. And then he kind of explains it, what the title means. And it's like a reference to humanity in some form. I wasn't really
1: getting it. I was like, well, I think it's, you know, he he is so sure of his origins and who he is as a person. Right. Obviously. And mm-hmm. so, to every when he looks at everyone else, you know they're just mindless zombies, oh, right? Okay. So he knows where he comes from. No, but where would all these guys come from, dude?
0: And I love that interaction when he, when he comes back to pick up John for when Jane's lover leaves her. Yeah, and he's like, "You needed to understand where she was and understand who you are, and now maybe you can understand who I am." Yeah, and see, and that's, and that's what, from the book too. Yeah, and that's when I was starting to suspect. Like, okay, maybe, maybe he's John's baby. And then when they show that scene again, he's like, you know, because I love her too.
1: Yeah. You're like, I was like, oh! And that's when he stands up and he has the scars. Yeah,
0: because it flashes back to when he's at his typewriter and Mm -hmm. he stands up. And I was like, oh my God! Yeah. Dude, it was so good. I, you know... (sighs) Not to sound rude, and I love you so much, but this and Cool Hand Luke, I'm so glad I was proven wrong. <laughs> and I'm so glad I love it. And I need to find Cool Hand Luke, too. Yeah, I've been on the – I re-listened to our episode because oh, okay. I, ah, I just love it. But, man, it was so-
1: so good, yeah. It was so good. I know, <laughs> <laughs> and like, and I'm sitting so like. When I it's- really need to rack my brain for two weeks from now because uh, next week is your pick, and then it'll be mine again. And I now I just kind of want to, you know, keep this up. I want to, you know, yeah.
0: Um, before we before we tease next week, um, I want to mention so when we're when I was watching a second time, Ashley was watching it with me, and so when it was getting closer and closer to the reveals, you know, I'm paying attention to see if maybe I can pick up on things. But I'm watching her. I'm like, oh, 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 (laughs) and so when like it reveals everything, I'm like, I'm like, right, right. And she was like, I mean, I guess. Oh,
1: so disappointing.
0: (laughs) I I think it was because she wasn't really paying that much attention. Uh Oh. And I love my wife dearly, but she was also trying to figure it out Mm -hmm. before the movie revealed it. And she has a bad habit of looking things up. Luckily, she didn't do any do that that's good but i think she was trying to figure it out before the movie revealed it mm-hmm. so she was like wait is is jane like so you know the whole like you know jane knocked so she knocked herself up i'm like well i mean yeah a, that's not the point there's more yeah, there's to more. this and then she was like oh he's t- he took the baby i'm like yeah but yeah, but there's more there's more <laughs> yeah but he's also the baby so check that out Wait and for then it. and then well when it's revealed that he is you know he he's he is jane everybody. um she was like i was
1: starting to suspect that i'm like I'll like get I'm like really <laughs> yeah. before he stood up because yeah okay but you know um I don't know this one is just you know this is a movie where even if you think you got it, you don't You don't, yeah. Because you might have some of it, but you don't have all of it. <sighs> so good, man. And you know, I just I I just love it. I love the you know these people once he is in the you know, once he retires and once he's sitting there with his hands you know, on his face and he's just thinking about what to do next, you you know, that's when you're like, you know, those those people no longer exist anymore because now it's just him. Mm-hmm. You know, these these people have grown up to be him. Yeah. You know, the the it, love of his life, his his child, his you know, himself are him. You it's know, and, so
0: fascinating. And what's funny is you know he asks Noah Taylor that right before he takes the baby he's like you know I'm so worried that one of these days I'm not going to know what my future holds and then he says well you'll have to do like everyone else does take it one day at a time mm-hmm. and now ah, ah man it was so good so fucking good ah. What would you like to tease for next week? No, it's your pick. Which I technically uh, teased last week, but hopefully no one heard me. I'm sure they did. Um,
1: You said it in the microphone.
0: Yeah, I know. (laughs) So so, uh, (laughs) I haven't given a shout out this episode uh, to our boy, Joel Schumacher. Joel, But that's because next week is all for him. Uh, If he doesn't call us up and say he's proud of us, um, I guess we just have to end this then. (laughs) Yes, yeah. (laughs) Next week is uh two thousand and eight,
1: I believe. There's no way. Yeah, I think it's it's No, it's it's older than that. No, dude. What? It's either
0: 2000, it's five? 2008 or two thousand two thousand eight or two thousand five different a years. grand total of five whole seconds. I can tell you. 2004, sorry, in
1: 2004. 2004, we were both wrong.
0: Yeah. Um, God, 15 years old. 15 years old. 15 years old? I was 11 when this movie came out. Wow. And this is Joel Schumacher's, well, technically, it's Andrew Lloyd well, Webber's. Well, it's Joel
1: Schumacher's Andrew Lloyd Weber's
0: <laughs> Phantom of the Opera um, with Patrick Wilson. <gasps> <gasps>
1: Patrick Wilson. so beautiful.
0: Emmy <laughs> oh, Rossum. My mom doing it. Um,
1: Gerard Butler. Uh, man, so many good people. Uh, I, had a, I had a buddy in high school. His name was Jonathan Badger. John, hmm. what's up, bud? Uh, <laughs> he loved this movie, and he would listen to the soundtrack all the time. I have the soundtrack. I love it. It's, it's, uh, man, it's. And of course, this is different from you know, like the um, the nineteen the Lon Chaney, Lon Chaney, yeah, and then the other one, which is like in the four. Oh, no, there's a ton. I know there, there's a there's ton. A but, ton.
0: Uh, this is the only one that's based on Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical. Right. So everything else is based on the book. Got it. Okay. Which was published in the late eighteen hundreds. Okay. Um. Yeah, dude. Th- th- this this uh, it has so many levels. Okay. Like. And I'm so excited that we get to talk about this because I get to relive my orchestra days. I mean, I've never seen it. So you've never seen it? No, I've never seen it. I'm movie. surprised. I mean, yeah, I, know mom, I
1: mean, of course, mom has seen it a million times because like, <sighs> so she loves it's Patrick Netflix. <laughs> oh, is it?
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> not sponsored or sponsored Netflix. I mean, we know you're twelve billion dollars in debt, but maybe you can fork over a couple thousand.
1: Yeah, I mean, like <sighs> you got to spend money to make money, Netflix, and. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> But, man, so I just recently learned that this was one of Patrick Wilson's first theatrical movies, which is so crazy because he does such an amazing job. I really like Patrick Wilson. Um, Sidebar, so when I loaded up Predestination, you know, had trailers, and I was having a very late dinner, so I was like, you know, I'd rather eat now, watch the trailers, so I'm not eating – head down and I missed something. Right, And it had a trailer for a movie called Home Sweet Hell. Oh, and he's in that. And, he's, and I was like, what is this movie? Why <laughs> have I never weird heard of this? this? It's a weird movie. Well, and it was a Red Band trailer, so yeah. they're cussing, they're doing drugs, he's having sex with Joanna Brewster, and I was like, what the fuck yeah. is this movie?
1: Yeah, it's it. I've, I've seen the trailer too. It has, <laughs> it's weird, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, there's also one that he's in, I think he's in it anyway. It's called Stretch? It, no, although I, I need to see that because I've heard it's good, but um, it's like "Let's Kill Dan's Wife" or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so he does these like really weird sort of comedy, indie like yeah. dark comedies, yeah, yeah.
0: But anyways, so so more of the tease for Phantom, and then we'll, we'll end the episode. Um, and I'm going to talk about it more, much in depth next week. But uh, Patrick Wilson and Emmy Rossum. And I think the majority of the cast, besides Gerard Butler, um, were actually classically trained singers. Because huh. I know Emmy had done some musicals, and so did Patrick. Gerard was the only one who had not been classically trained, nor trained in opera singing. And he was very worried he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But they got him with like a vocal coach, and they got him with a singing coach. And he, to be honest, for someone who... You know, I'm, don't say I'm a great singer, but to someone who's never sang opera music mm-hmm. or a form of opera, because it's not real opera music, um, he does a great job. It's pretty good. Yeah. Right. yeah, Well, yeah. I mean, maybe I'll enjoy it. I don't know. Dude. Yeah. Of course you will. All right. It's about love. It's about loss. about revenge. Masks. Oh, vengeance. Dude. And, uh. I do love me some vengeance. the uh, Meanie Driver's in it.
1: Oh, I like
0: her. Um. And she gets, oh, dude. So, don't know me! Don't know <laughs> so, me! I, I want to see the movie! Well, no, 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 no. No, it's, um, she gets to sing a original song that Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote just for the movie, mm-hmm. and she gets to sing it at the end of the credits. So fun. It's called Learn to Be Lonely, and it's so no. good! Anyway. All right. Okay. Well, I guess we're going to end it. Um, we right. hope uh, everyone enjoyed
1: uh, Predestination. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. And, you know, just um, when you're done, turn it off and just think about where do you come from?
0: Yeah. Are we all a paradox? Are we Are we all a simulation? <laughs> Is this the Matrix? <laughs> all right, Well, everyone. Well, we look forward to next week. And again, have a happy Thanksgiving.
2: See you guys. How many, many years ago when I was 23, I was married to a widow who was pretty as could be. This widow had a grown-up daughter who had hair of red. My father fell in love with her, and soon they two were with. This made my dad my son-in-law and changed my very life. My daughter was my mother, cause she was my father's wife. To complicate the matter, even though it brought me joy, I soon became the father of a bouncing baby boy. My little baby then became a brother-in-law to dad. And so became my uncle, though it made me very sad. For if he was my uncle, then that also made him brother of the widow's grown-up daughter, who of a course is my stepmother. I'm Son, who kept him on the run. He did, and he became my grandchild, for he was my daughter's son.